Hey, dealmakers, welcome to the show where it's all about financial freedom with real estate. Let's do this. You're listening to the Financial Freedom with Real Estate Investing podcast, hosted by Garrett Lynch and Michael Blanc, where we talk all about how you can achieve financial independence through apartment building investing. Whether you're just starting out or you want to scale your syndication business, this is the show for you. In this episode, I'm going to do what we call a business boost, where we talk to a syndicator of various different levels and kind of ask them how it's going. And typically, we pick people who are struggling with something, who are feel like they're stuck. And today, it's no different. Today, we have Mario Rapage on, on, the, on the call, and he's working with us. He's in our mentoring program. He's been, doing, been here about nine months, and he does not have a first deal. And he's a bit frustrated. And we're going to delve into why that might be. Is he doing the right activities? Is he falling off the wagon? Is it something else? And The biggest complaint he has is I can't find enough deals or I can't find any deals and I can't raise enough money. And those are typically the only two things in in finding, doing an apartment building syndication. Those are the two main things. And he has some limiting beliefs, some self-doubts as well. And we're going to get into that. And hopefully you can relate to some of that. Either because you're you're thinking of getting in it, you're you're thinking about getting started in apartment buildings and you haven't because you're concerned about those, or maybe you have. And you're struggling with some of those same things. So we're going to get into that here in just a minute. I had a conversation with someone recently. And as you may know, I've done a bunch of entrepreneurial things in my pursuit of financial freedom. I have a software company background. I got into restaurants. I flipped a bunch of houses. You know, I was a millionaire by the time I was 30 through the software IPO. I then lost it all in the restaurant uh, debacle and then clawed myself out with real estate and eventually got into syndication. So I have an, 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 a horrible path to financial freedom. And so this particular person asked me, Michael, if there's one thing you would tell your younger self, what would that be? And I had a thought for a second. And if I were to boil it down, it's this, it's ask for help, find a mentor. Because if I, if I look at my own background, like what, what I did every time I did not have a mentor. It didn't go well for me. And every time I had a mentor, it went exceedingly well. But for some reason, I did not learn that until much later in life. So for example, when I started flipping houses, I actually hired a mentor as a wholesaler. And he didn't teach me the actual construction side of things, but he taught me how to market and how to negotiate and what to say over the phone, which I think is the hardest part. And because of that, Within three months, I got two houses off a postcard campaign I had done. Now, I would have probably eventually figured out what postcard to send, where to get it, what to put in the postcard, what to say on the phone, you know, after a lot of trial and error, but I just paid this guy instead, and it went well for me. Now, on the other hand, when I got into restaurants, I did not have a mentor, and it wasn't because I couldn't afford it. It was simply because I felt like I could figure it out on my own. I didn't need help because I'm smart. I can figure these things out. And so I never got a mentor and I got into this. I hired someone who was an experienced restaurateur, an operator, and he was, but I didn't have a mentor and they're vastly different people. And so if I had a mentor, that person would ask questions. Hey, about this franchise you're getting into, you know, and when you talk to a business business opportunity, they'll give you your top three, you know, highest performing franchisees and you talk to them and of course they're printing money. But the reality is, what is the average franchisee? How are they doing, right? In this particular case, in hindsight, they weren't doing that well, right? So the franchise wasn't really that strong. The other thing it would have told me is be a little more careful with your growth. You don't need to open three restaurants in a year. (laughs) That's exactly what I did. So he would probably talk me out of it. I certainly, I would have just simply by asking better questions. And I didn't know what I didn't know. When I got in apartments, 
I didn't have a mentor either. And as a result, my first deal was in Washington, D.C. When, in hindsight, I probably shouldn't have bought anything in Washington, D.C. because it's very pro-tenant, kind of like New York and California. And it makes it very challenging to do business. And it, and it unnecessarily complicated my foray into, into apartments. And so this is my my guidance to you. And I, and I do realize it's a little bit self-serving because we have, well, a mentoring program to tell you need a mentor, but it's actually true. If you can afford it, always invest in a mentor. It's the best investment you can make. You know, it's not investing in a piece of real estate or or doing that or buying something. It's really investing in yourself. And really the truth is that mentors always accelerate what you are looking for. Really in anything, if you want to lose weight, right? Working with a, a nutrition coach or working with an exercise coach, it will always get you there faster and it'll keep you there. It's it's just, it's it's so true. And this is why so so many top performers and athletes and, and uh, CEOs always have coaches. Why don't we have more coaches in our life? And that's really, I think, what I would tell my younger self, and maybe you will heed that advice as well. It's going to require an investment, but the investment will always pay off 10x. At least that's what I'm looking for. If I'm, if I'm going to invest in a mentor, whatever that mentor is and whatever I'm paying them, you know, within one to two years, I want a 10x return on that. That's what I'm looking for. And so should you. So hopefully that is useful for you as you look to get to next level, whatever you are, always get a mentor. I want to give a shout out to Michael Jefferson, who left us a review on Amazon for the yellow book. He said, this is a great reference book. I enjoyed the easy to follow organized format. And I remember using it as a reference as I compile my apartment investing process and strategies. That's awesome, Michael. Thank you so much for that feedback. If you've read the book, would love to have a review on Amazon as well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, check it out. It's called Financial Freedom with Real Estate. The same title as this podcast. In fact, it's got a yellow cover just like this podcast does. Check it out because it gives you a fantastic introduction into the world of syndications. I think you're really going to love it as well. So with that, let's get into our show here with Mario Rapage. And uh, let's understand what he's struggling with right now. And maybe you can resonate with that. And hopefully you'll get something out of this coaching session. Mario, welcome to the show today. Hello, Michael. Thank you for having me here. Hey, so give us a little background. So obviously you're, work, you're working with us and you're in a program, but I'd like to know what was your, what were you doing before then? What was your profession? Why did you turn to real estate? And, and then, you know, why did you decide that you needed help? Correct. So I moved in America, I'll start with that in 2015. So it hasn't been not long ago. And I have a double master in music education. I've studied in Germany, Czech Republic. And apartments have been always a passion of mine. Uh, since I was back home with my father, we'll buy single apartments in different, in different cities. However, once I moved here, and I'm trying to make my story short, we um, discovered that you can buy a whole apartment building. And uh, always in mind was like that, that, that those are big banks or institutions or, you know, like uh, I had no clue that individual like yourself would be able to do that. So I started to dig and learn and educate myself through different groups. And I came across your platform and I decided to move forward since myself, I've been doing a little bit of like succeeding a little bit, but it wasn't really as, you know, substantial as I wanted it to. 
So I invested in two different properties as an LP, 375 units in total in Houston and in Dallas, Texas, with great operators. However, I wanted to do that myself, and it was harder to break into the groups and harder to break into all process. So that's a teamwork. And that's the reason why I decided to move on. But as I said, my background has been in a music education, and all those skills of teaching and helping were transferable, and I believe they're helping a lot towards what, what am I doing right now, but always it's best to have a mentor like yourself. Yeah. So that's, that's, I'd love to spend more time on your, on your background, but I, I think there's a, you came to me and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm stuck on a few things and I, I'd love to talk about that because we're stuck and, you know, always stuck with something and, and just talking through that right. might be helpful. But before we do, so you discovered that you can buy an apartment buildings with other people's money. And I've studied this throughout the world, and that thing that we're doing right now is is really only possible in the United States. Like maybe a little bit in Canada, maybe in the UK, I've heard, maybe here and there. But it's a very unusual situation where you can raise money, you can get a, a, a loan, and it cash flows, and then their government gives you tax incentives. Like that combination just doesn't exist anywhere, and it does blow your mind. Uh, if you grow up in this country, you're like, oh, you, well, you just take it for granted. And so now the question is, a lot of people say, you know, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm smart. I will figure this out. And maybe you said the same thing maybe at one point, but why did you decide to, to get help and work with us? Well, the last, the last attempt was to fundraise or to raise money as an equity partner for one of the general partners. I'm trying not to mention names. And I, I realized after having a meeting with an attorney, SEC attorney, I was not allowed to raise over the 35 the number that it's uh, for 506B. So then that, that was like, you know, like an, an, an attempt that I wouldn't be able to raise money. So I definitely needed some more help and I needed to create my own team and then basically do this process as an operator by myself. So that was the initiative when I started the program. But also, as I said, the connections, networking and other things like having somebody that, you know, shows you the, the road and, and tells you in case uh, there's like a, you know, like there's an issue and, and it's going to basically help you to avoid problems along the way. So people probably might be curious to see, well, if someone gets started in apartment buildings, I mean, whether you're working with us or not, you know, there's, there's certain activity that you go through because now you're looking for deals, you're looking for capital. What is, what has your experience been like as a, you know, a new and aspiring investor who has not done their first deal? Like, what have you done? What's that experience been like? The experience is great. I mean, uh, there's always things to learn and there's always great people to meet and there's always opportunities in, in, in the market, especially for me being and living the last, you know, like seven, eight years in DFW. And I know very well the market extremely well because I've been always looking for and we've been doing some single family investments in the, in the side too. But, but to answer your question, it's important to recognize that this is like a teamwork and it's absolutely critical to be able to get to know good people and motivated people and people that have good intentions so that you can do the right thing and then basically succeed in this type of business. Yeah. So I think when you first started here, the first thing I think you you're, you're did as part of our training is you, you learned. You learned everything about syndications, uh, analyzing deals, right. picking markets, capitalizing. And then, and then we make you practice those things. You make, we make you analyze, you know, a certain number of yep. deals. We make, we make you talk to brokers. We make you talk to investors. 
And you must have done those things because now you're working with a full-time syndicator. I don't know how many units Paul and Jonathan own, but like upwards of 1,000, probably 1,500 or something. So you earned the right to work with literally a full-time syndicator, which is which is really cool. And you've been working the system now six to nine months. You've been working it and you're a bit frustrated because, gosh, you haven't done a first deal. Now, you know, our average student does their first deal in about six to nine months. So you're definitely not getting it done, Mario. So you might be a little frustrated. So I want to I want to put that in perspective a little bit. But what are what are some things that you feel like you're frustrated with or or that you're challenged by? Well, I mean, there's a couple of things like and 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 there's an understanding that the time that I entered this was a time of in my mind is an opportunity time, but also once the interest rates were going up, I thought that was going to be a great time because the best time to start in a business is in a recession or is in a uh, not a great time. Smart. Thank you. So, and I, and I, the, the, there was one of the initiative to start working with you and your program. But to the question is interesting that the, the, the frustration comes from not being able to, to find a deal that has or would align with the criteria that I have been either chosen or, or, you know, taught through the program also. And, and that has been a little bit of, of a pain since, you know, waiting on my shoulder since, you know, the expectations, like you said, six to nine months expectation, it was that I would have been probably closing the first deal within the first two or two, three months. But because of the market and, and other things, they didn't happen. However, I'm a type of person that I don't want to blame on other things and other people. So I am uh, frustrated with myself that I'm not capable of finding one deal that makes sense. I don't know how you would help me with that or... Well, yeah. Well, let's put this per- perspective. So I don't really love time frames. And if there, if you read the book by Hal Elrod called Miracle Equation, yeah. he actually she challenges time frames with goal setting, especially when they're larger goals, you know, because a lot of things you can't control. And so therefore, I don't really love the six to nine month time frame because in your case, you know, you're at the nine month mark, you're like next month is going to be 10 months. And that makes me a big loser because I don't have a deal right now. But see, here's the thing. You're not a loser because, because you know, what Hal teaches and yeah, yeah, what, yeah, 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 yeah. Because what, what Hal teaches is, is that you commit. The only thing you can really control is yourself, right? You can control how you spend your time and the activities that, that you commit to. So each and every week, like you're analyzing deals, right? Like how, what is, what's your, what's your target goal for analyzing deals? Uh, I am, I'm working with different partners currently. So, and the idea is that I am the one that start a deal or find a deal okay. and we work on analyzing. So there's another partner that doing the, is doing the major, the, the major part of the underwriting. And then I get through the underwriting. And then on the meantime, I also do some smaller or other deals, but the process to answer your question is simple. I just get online and that that's part of the problem that everything that is online that I've been doing on analyzing myself. And I thought that I was doing something wrong. I would send it to somebody else or work with my mentor. They would say the same thing. I didn't miss out anything. I mean, you're doing it right, but it's just the market. It's just the asking price is uh, too high and the insurance and taxes. You know. So basically I, I, I do talk to brokers right now. I've been doing basically everything. I, I'm in touch just before this meeting, I was with the broker from GREA. So we reach out to brokers, keep on calling, keep on working with them, you know, basically trying to, to have great relationships because at the end of the day, that's what is more important to me. And then also working with different property management, analyzing deals, sending some of those profit and losses and all the, 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 the financials to property management, getting their opinion 
on our underwriting. And th that's how that's what I'm doing right now. So basically, I'm doing everything myself. And I'm trying to, to delegate some of the work instead of like me doing all that. I have different partners, they're doing the, the different partners that are doing the, the underwriting, and I'm doing the other part of it, finding the deals yeah. and working. So just just in listening to you, Mario, I'm, I'm looking at this point, I'm looking for activity, right? So you're doing the activity, you're just frustrated by the apparent lack of progress. But let's put some of these in perspective. So in general, if you continue doing this, what you're doing, eventually you're going to find a deal. Now, it may be tomorrow, or it could be a month from now, or it could be six months from now. At the end of the day, you got to be committed to the activity. At least if you're doing the right activity, which you are, it will eventually lead to the result. And you sometimes often don't control the time frame. So the only thing you can do is keep doing it. What I can tell you is that we literally, we have a hundred percent success rate with, with the people that stick with it. Right. And then we have a hundred percent failure rate for people who stop. And so you're right at this point right now, where you're like, ah, I'm really frustrated. And you're kind of, you know, you're kind of I, doubting yourself a little bit. Right. But I promise it's not going to happen with me because I, <laughs> it's not that. But the reason why, Michael, I haven't closed yet a deal is I have had a lot of opportunities and I want to thank everybody for giving me the chance is that I've been very, very strict to the criteria. So I can getting yeah. the, the IRR that we are talking, getting the cash flow. I think things have, I, I know that things have changed, but for me, the goal is not that I own a thousand units by the end of 23 or 24, is that the all those, every opportunity and property that I put under contract makes sense for the investors, for me, for everybody that is involved. And it's a win-win for everybody. And that is possible. But as I said, by not compromising on all the, on the criteria. And that's basically the main reason I feel that the frustration come and uh, yeah. it's beating myself on whether I should have less expectation on the cash flow and compromise some of the criteria, or should I stick with that till the deal comes? Well, that that's a question for your mentor, right? Because this is why you're working with someone who owns thousand plus units, who has probably looked at thousand plus deals to do those thousand plus units. And so, you know, the market is, is, is changing, investor expectations are changing. You know, obviously no one's expecting a 10% cash and cash or more. You wouldn't know that unless you talk to someone who's currently raising raising money right now. And so that's helpful. So those those questions are really helpful for a mentor who's got you know a lot of experience around that. What I can tell you is that you know there there's always ups and downs in the in the market. My gosh, not too long ago the market was so hot. People look, oh the market's so hot, we can't find a deal. Then COVID happens. Oh my gosh, there's blood in the streets. Obviously we should wait till this you know. And then all of a sudden that cycle literally covered within like six months. The market went back to being hot. Oh, and the people who were sitting on sidelines missed that transition. Okay, oh my gosh, I didn't know what happened so fast. And we're in that transition again where you know things have changed because buyers want the price from last year and sellers want, well, the market's different, the price is down here. And so there's this big gap. But here's what's here's the beauty of what you're doing right now. The reason that gap is going to close primarily is because, because of increasing level of distress with some operators, operators who are not operating very strongly, who are probably at break even before interest rates ran up and now are in the red, they're running out of cash. And rather than hand the keys back to the bank, which is bad because now they can't do loans anymore, they'd rather sell at a loss. And so we've already seen deals pop up like that and we're going to see more of them. Now, if you weren't underwriting deals every day, you would never know that because you're not going to, they're not going to appear in the paper and in in Fox News, right? The only reason you know that is because you're making offers, you're talking to brokers. 
And so I just want to encourage you that that is, and that's all the way, by the way, how you get off-market deals. It's the same exact way. Those off-market deals, you know, they're not going to be listed and you would not know them unless you had those relationships with those brokers. So, so my encouragement to you is to just simply keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. I appreciate it, Michael. So, and, and I think another issue that I can add to that was, and I just wanted more your opinion on that and what do you see on the other side, is that I feel like the popular opinion is a little bit everybody, like the, the, the investors are trying to, basically, it's harder to find investors. To, to fundraise and and I've seen this for first place myself too in in a, in a way I have a list of investors and some of them are friends and 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 family and and I see a little bit of a hesitation so so how do you deal with that or do you just move on to the next one and keep on working on your you know fundraising and equity raising or how does this work does it affect you well, here's the thing is you're, you're always dealing with changing markets and changing environments on all fronts, which is, I love this game. It's a true nature of entrepreneurship is solving problems, which keeps it interesting to me. So, Correct. so I asked you about deal finding your, your, your talking to brokers, you're underwriting it, you're, you know, you're looking for that, you know, what your underwriting criteria are, you're working that part of the system on the capital raising side. What have you, what have you done on a capital raising side? What's your level activity? What kind of activity is that? On the capital raising is pretty much similar. I have, I, I feel like, I feel like I need a little bit more guidance on that. But what I have been doing is basically reaching out to people that I would connect, including friends, and we talk about real estate. So the goal for me is not to go and tell them to invest with me because I, the first investment I did, I was not able to do that that way because I wanted to understand it. And I feel it's fair for everybody to to have the chance to understand how the system works and what is the investments, what is the return and everything. So what I do, I try to educate them. We sit on table or sit on coffee, sit over a drink or whatever. And we talk about, you know, what what are you up to and what I'm up to. And I I keep talking and and explain and help them to understand what exactly I am doing and how it works. And I go in more depth and, and numbers. So that everybody that I sit with, they, they are more aware of like how the market is and what is going on right now and how is possible to invest. And usually you will have the, you know, the, the questions like, but how can you make it two times your money in five years? And, and I, you know, those help because I, I know how. So I go through the numbers and I say, Hey, let me show you how it works. Like this is, you know, one dollar that you can take off from the losses or you can add it on the profit. That, that's going to return on to, you know, $14, $15 on property appreciation. So if you, if you do this in a grand scale and a big scale, then, then it's millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars. So, you know, that, that's the way I do it. And I keep a track of, you know, some people that I see that they have interest and I think they're educated enough and interest enough to, to be able to participate. So that way I put them on a database and I, you know, try to follow up. I send them uh, weekly or maybe not weekly, but bi-weekly email. What am I doing? I'm working on this deal. Didn't go through because the asking price was too high and we don't, you know, agree with that. It's going to affect our cash flow and so and so and so, you know. So you may already know this, but financial freedom is my obsession. I spent years testing out different ventures in my pursuit of financial freedom. I've done day trading, owned restaurants, flipped houses, done software. But eventually, I discovered multifamily real estate syndication. And it's really the only proven way to become financial free with real estate. 
After doing my first syndication deal in 2011, I was hooked. I started buying bigger and bigger apartment complexes, raising more money. And we now own over $350 million in assets. And I want to help you do the same. We teach people from all walks of life how to achieve financial freedom with multifamily real estate. And our students have acquired over $1.5 billion in apartment assets so far. Complete beginners have done their first deal and quit their job, typically within 12 months of working with us, some as early as six months. We've helped experienced syndicators who have done a few deals scale their portfolio to 1,000 units or $10 million raised while working less. Now, if you're looking to do your first syndication deal or you've already done a few and you're looking to scale, but maybe you're struggling to get to the next level, let's talk. Go to the michaelblank.com forward slash call and book a free strategy session with one of our advisors. So we're going to do that call. We're going to talk about your goals, where you are now, and put together a custom plan to help you get to that next level, whether it's your first deal or a thousand units. And here's the thing. If we decide to work together, then great. Otherwise, you're going to gain an incredible clarity from talking to one of our advisors during that call. Either way, you win and there's no obligation. So go ahead and book that call right now. Go to themichaelblank.com and book that free strategy session because here's the thing. I really want to imagine how your life will change when you achieve that next level of where you want to be. It's financial freedom, quitting your job for the first time, or building generational wealth with you know, 1,000 units or $10 million raised. Whatever that is in the realm of real estate and apartment buildings, we want to help you get there. We can help you make that reality for you and your family. So go ahead and book that call, themichaelblank.com forward slash call, and talk to you soon. I love it. I love it. You are you are following our, our blueprint to the T. So you are definitely putting in the in the work. Now, speaking of you're doing the right activity, how much activity are you doing? In other words, do you have a certain goal of meetings you're trying to set or a number of outbound contacts you're making? Talk about the the frequency and the level the level of activity. That's uh, actually a great point. So I uh, usually do it by the time. For example, mornings I dedicate all mornings to to working on 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 the real estate. And so I would have lunch either with a broker, with a property management or, or with a friend or an investor or somebody that I just got to meet sometimes with my private studio piano parents. And, you know, they're also interested on in investing and we just go and talk about different things in, in investing. So the, the frequency is basically I, I try to reach as much as, as possible. So at least five a week, but I, it doesn't necessarily happen because we have canceling people have to cancel yeah. stuff like that. So, but I would say that at least one investor per week for 10 days and, and the same thing with, you know, like I follow up with brokers and everybody. That's cool. So how many investor meetings have you had, would you say? I have a list. I mean, I have like hundred and something people there, but, nice. okay. but I, haven't, I, have, I have a part of them that I, you know, I need to to you know, I need to follow up so that I need to get a better sense because they're more on the yeah. on the black. So I have to I, I like to do it with colors, you know, green, red, yellow, and then black when I don't want to talk or, okay, cool. you know, mention that again. So, so how many how many meetings have you had with how many different people have you had a meeting? Oh, I mean, the, out of them, uh, pretty much with the, most of them. I mean, with oh, fantastic! Like, like yeah. All right, so cool. Now, how many? How many have told you that you know, given the right deal, they might be interested in investing with you? Uh, I can check the list, but it's about like twenty, twenty to twenty-five people, and uh, I, I still think that this is a soft commitment. And in my mind, I'm not counting on all of them. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. What, what is your? What are you telling them as a minimum investment? Oh, it's $50,000. That's that's the minimum investment. So let me do some quick math. You basically have soft commitment for a million dollars. Right. 
Yeah, and then I, I was I was able before. I mean, seven eight months ago, I would say I could raise at least one point five million. That's what was my criteria. But as things have changed and the economy, the public sensation is a little bit more. You know, people are a little bit more people. So I feel like I, you know, I'm less than that. So 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 you're not so you're not happy with the amount of soft commits you have. You would like to have more. Of course. I mean, that's my goal. That That's what I'm working on towards. All right. So how can you get more soft commits? Well, the best way is like more getting to getting to know more people. And that, that's why I was wondering what you guys usually do, because I do do a lot of conferences. And that's another thing that I, uh, I like it also. Uh, get to know people, talk, learn more and see what they're doing, how they're doing. But on the other hand, also that creates an opportunity with them to, you know, collaborate or to be able to invest with them or they can invest with me when the time comes and as I'm working towards this journey. And I believe that that, that that's the best way to reach to people and meet with them different activities. And after okay. a certain period of time, build the relationship and the trust so that they can, you know, possibly turn so into... You can you can do some networking and go to conferences. Let me ask you this. Are you, the, the people you're meeting with, are you asking them for referrals? I'm not, actually. Hmm. Might be an opportunity. Yeah. You know, there's this, there's this knife company called Cutco Knives. I don't know if you know it, but they're, they've been around for a long time. They have one of the no. best sales, sales training in the world, right? And in fact, my partner Garrett used to work for them. And right. one of the things they do is they when you get a meeting with somebody... Regardless of where you sell a knife, you tell them, hey, is it five? I thought it was 10. Okay, let's, let's, let's go with five, right? Please, hey, yeah. would you be able to introduce me to five of your friends, coworkers, or neighbors? Because I, you know, I, I, I constantly need like leads to work with, and it would be great. It would be a huge for me, and, and we could serve them as well. Five, and they go, I, I don't know about five. Can I, can I give you two? And you're like, yes, no, yes, you can give me two. Shoot, if you give me one, right? If you, every, for every person you meet that you get one referral on average, you're never going to run out of leads, right? You're always got new lead flow. You don't have to go to any conferences whatsoever. Right. And so that's maybe something you can do. And that's a really easy thing that you can that you can do as well. So the cool thing about what, what you're doing is you're putting in the, the work just in general. I think that's probably the biggest thing, Mario, that you're doing is you're, you're doing the right activity. Okay. You just got to keep doing it long enough. In my estimation, you already raised money. Yeah, you, just, you just haven't had a deal to put it in. And yes, that million soft commits might mean half. Okay. It could mean a half million. Half million is a half million. Now, if you're going after a 120 unit deal, that's not going to cut it. So if you get a, what kind of deal sizes are you looking for right now? Like, or not forget deal size units, but like purchase, purchase price. Purchase price. Yes. That's what, how I'm looking at right now. Well, six, seven months ago, it was like between 75 and 140. Right now, I would say it's between like, 24 and 80, you know, like and what's the, what's the purchase price? Purchase price up to 10 to $11 million between so from, from five to 11, five. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter the, as low as I can go as low as three, but I mean, the, the, it's easier when it's 3 million, but the highest will be around 11 million. All right. So let's say three to 11, let's say three to 10. So you'll, you'll need between 1 million and one, but you'll need between one and 5 million, one and 4 million, something like that. Yeah, it depends so, on right. So let's say you bust your butt and you can raise a million. You still need, you know, three million. What is your current plan to raise the remaining, let's say, three million? That's the question I was asking. So I <laughs> have no idea, but, but well, I do have an idea. But uh, I, I feel what, what's your idea? 
What's your idea? Waiting on me because I'm like, I can find a good deal, but how do I know that I can close on that? And how do I know that I can go through with that? So my idea is to partner it. So that's what I've been doing with other partners, which I've been working constantly. And I have been working with different groups within a way it feels like not fair, but they're aware of it. We're not partners like we have a company. So we're partnering together so that if one of us have a deal, possibly we can put together and we agree and we have the same philosophy of business. So that's one way, but I still find it difficult because most of the most of the partners right now are in the same boat, meaning like or storm. They like they're a little bit afraid of raising equity or they think they cannot raise equity. And I'm you know, I, I feel this pressure. So if it was a question I, that I could ask is like, is this other ways that we can like, could this be done by finding an equity firm or something like this? Is it what, what are other possibilities to be doing that? Well, there's no easy button, okay? Even if you find an equity partner, you still have to network your way to the equity partner, okay? So uh, have you stopped networking for partners? Like, do you feel like your partnership is relatively complete or are you still open for looking for additional capital partners? I am open to that. That's Okay. Uh, have you been pursuing other capital partners or, or not really recently? Not really recently, but I mean, I, I just started working with one like two weeks ago and we're, okay. we're actually putting an LOI. Even if it doesn't go through, we just have to, make some more actions. But I feel like I can do more on that side, on that front. The only thing I'm concerned about is, I don't know the, the kind of quote, potential partners you're working with, but but you made a comment that, you know, depending on whichever brings the deal, then we'll figure out how to do it, which means that you're dealing with partners who are also kind of deal finders. They're kind of doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. What you really want is you want someone who is a more of a capital partner, mm -hmm. right? Those are the two main roles. And they're in any ecosystem, including ours, they're, they're almost split 50-50. There's, right. there's kind of the 50% that that are more gravitating towards finding deals or maybe more numbers oriented. And then the other 50% is going to be more of the capital raising side. They have the relationships and blah, they have no interest in underwriting deals. And then there's some like you who can do a little bit of both. Okay. You just got to decide, hey, if I'm going to be, if my strength is more in deal finding, should you be able to raise money for your deal? Absolutely. Yeah, as much as you can. Right. But there are people who are going to be much better at raising capital than you are, right? And people who can raise a million dollars pretty easily. And so right. the only easy button I have for you is to find those people. And you can find them in our ecosystem and you can find those mm -hmm. people at conferences. And you're really looking for, we call them capital raisers, right? In our ecosystem. And you want to find more of those deals. So networking in our online communities or other online communities or asking your mentor, getting a mentor to ask other mentors, hey, I got Mario. He's really, he's he's busting his butt. He's get deal flow. Yeah, we just he just needs a solid partner or two that can raise one to three million dollars and then brokering that relationship. And then you will do a Zoom call with that person and build that relationship. You guys will get on the same page about hey, what are they looking for? What are you looking for? Right. Hey, do I do we like each other? Yes. Let's stay in touch. Correct. Yep. That sounds great. That's a great advice. I think that's something that I can do more and work a little bit on to develop more on my on my side, definitely. Thank you. Yeah, I think I think that's 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 really. I mean, you are doing the, the activities. I, I would start maybe asking your contacts for referrals, having just like the cut go, having them do an intro to you via text message or email. Hey, got the guy Mario, smart guys, educated me a lot. You might be interested in, in in alternative investments like this thing. I'll teach you all about it. So you can probably do that. Continue right. feeding that activity because you've run if you run out of leads and the activity stops, so that's bad. Right. And then I don't want you to stop on the partnership side. 
because it is a bit of a timing thing, right? You got one partner, I can raise you a million dollars. Now they get a deal from somebody else and now they can't raise you a million. So it's a timing thing. So you yep. can't just have one partner. It would be better to have to have more. You're doing a good job. I mean, if just I would just stay the course. Maybe yep. maybe work a little smarter, but you're already putting the time in and and why you're basically doing your your day job, which is which is really cool. So I would just say stay the course and and let me know when something hits because you're you know you're a foot before gold as, as far as I can tell. I- I, I, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna be soon. I know that. I feel that. I mean, it's been you know like a ride. But one thing that I learned, if if I can say that, it was that I, I met with a couple of other general partners that have been you know they're way ahead of me and they've done it. I've invested with them, and I'm like, I feel stuck. This is how I feel. I feel frustrated, and it's been like six months or eight months, and I heard from two, three, four of them that the same story that they took them around one and a half year or two years or, you know, 12 months. So that, that made me feel better. But to your point, so I, I still have high expectations of myself and, 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 you know, like the work and the program that what am I doing? So therefore, I feel some of the points that you made are great. So I'm, I'm going to try to work towards them. And I'm sure I'm going to be coming to you with not one, but probably two or three deals at a time. So yeah, well, it, it's inevitable to me because you're already doing deals activities. So it's just a matter of time until you get that first deal done. So, hey, thanks very much for coming here and, you know, being vulnerable and sharing some of your struggles here. And and it's just going to be amazing to see what you what you do. So keep just stick with it. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate your help and always good to be here with you. I think there's two main takeaways here for for you watching, listening to this right now. And, and to me, in my mind, two things. One, who not how? Who not how? And the other one is, well, I'll get to that in a second. But Who Not How is so powerful. It's a book by Dan Sullivan. I may have talked about it on a previous episode here. And it's so important, right? Because it's not about the how. It's about the who. In Mario's case, in his mind, the who was a mentor or a team. In, in our case, it's not just a single person who's working. He's actually working a team of syndication experts who are helping him get into the apartment investing game, holding him accountable, and then helping him get a deal done, right? So it's it's who, not so much how, because the how kind of takes care of itself after you found the who. And it's the same thing with everything you're doing right now. Any Anything you want to do, anything you don't have, money or access or opportunity or deals can be solved by finding the right who. So really think about that. Anything is possible if you find the right who. I mean, look at Elon Musk, right? I mean, he's doing crazy stuff. And the only reason he's been able to do what he's been able to do is because, well, apparently as difficult as it is to work with him, he is really good at attracting the top who's in industries and incentivizing and getting them to, to give them their, their best. That's why he's able to do as much as he as he can is because he's got whole teams of who's. So really, when, you, when you're struggling, you're stuck with something, think who, not how. Don't let the how keep you, trip you up because it's not nearly as important as the who. The second thing is if I were to boil down the commonalities between people who are successful, people who are not successful, it's this, it's consistency. And you know, I kind of grilled Mario a little bit on whether or not he's consistently taken action, and he is. Now, he's frustrated for other reasons because he's not seeing the outcome that he's looking for, and the outcome will inevitably come if you continue doing those activities that will ultimately lead to that outcome. So he's just got to do it long enough, and he will get the outcome he wants. But he's not going to get to that if he's not taking consistent action every single day. So whatever it is you're trying to do in life, personal goals, business goals, apartment building investing, you got to make sure you're taking a little bit of action every single day. I call it tiny action. A great book on this is called Atomic Habits, but it goes deep on what I just said, taking tiny action every single day. 
Don't take massive action because you're not going to be able to stick with it. Take tiny action. And that builds momentum and that will lead to more action and more action. And then now you've built new habits, new disciplines that will carry you forward. And that's where he's in month nine. Now, had, had we had this conversation in month three, it might have been a little more difficult because he hadn't built those habits up, those new habits to build up. But he has now and it's going to carry him forward. So definitely look for consistency. So who, not how, and consistency. So let's all go out there, do some deals, raise money, do some good. Catch you next episode. Thanks for listening. Take the next step toward financial freedom by downloading Michael's free ebook, The Secret to Raising Money to Buy Your First Apartment Building. Head over to themichaelblock.com slash ebook to get the free training.